0: Hey, it's Enda, I've collected souls. Just for laughs. Just for laughs. Like a woozle wazzle. In my dimming it down. You know? In my dimming it down. What about go boo boo boo? And a dingy dingy. Is that enough for you, Henny? Am I dumb enough for you, bro? And Bong Suck. Black the Podcast, Season 3, Episode 15. Peace, peace, peace. Ah, delicious water, delicious H2 Ho. I guess that makes me an H2 H2 Ho, baby. That's actually a really good name for the episode. I think you guys are tuning into Black Zeus the podcast, season three, episode 15, titled H2 Ho, Baby. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is me. It is Black Zeus. I am here in Studio Twenty Seven, Lone Soldier today, baby. It's just me and you and Zaboomafu. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up. We. (laughs) Uh, How's everybody doing? Thank you for always tuning back into Black Zeus the podcast. We are here every Wednesday on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, all that good shit. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you you engage, baby. Make sure you comment, DM, whatever. But please, please, please make sure you guys are hitting that subscribe and uh, just engaging in some way, shape, or form. Leave a review on the iTunes uh, fucking whatever, you know, the Apple charts. Whatever, bro. Just help out, help a nigga out, because I will make it one day. And don't you want to be uh, a person that can say, Truthfully, I helped that motherfucker on his way up. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't you want to be? Anyways, uh, I hope you guys are doing all right. Lou is not in the studio. No guests this week. Uh, a lot actually is happening, but a little bit is happening at the same time. This is. I feel like a lot of personal growth. Um, some some opportunities have come around for comedy, which I will get into shortly here. Um, yeah, it's overall a, a lot, so I don't know how long this episode is gonna be. It'll be as long as it needs to be, God damn it! Get off my back, baby. <laughs> and, uh, just cause Lou's not here, I guess, I, I'm still gonna do a Simpsons reference. I got, um, I mean, it's obviously not gonna be one that someone's gonna guess, so what's one of my favorite Simpsons references? To be honest, I say it a lot already, so I don't wanna say it again. Um... Huh. I really should think this shit through. I don't know why. I, th- I thought it would be easy. At the beginning of the season, I-, I approached Lou. I'm like, I think we should do a Simpsons reference at the beginning of every episode this season. He's like, of course. It's something we both love. It's easy peasy. And I'm right now stalling for time because I cannot. I'm putting myself on the spot. What am I supposed to do right now? I can't think of a... Uh, uh, uh. That actually is a Simpsons reference that I do all the time. <laughs> it's Krusty the Clown. Um, I don't remember the exact episode. Krusty's done it a few times. A lot of people in the Simpsons do this thing. When they get caught in the act or caught in a moment or caught doing something... And like they start laughing, but then it trails off. It's like some old Looney Tune shit. You know what I mean? It's like Yosemite said, sim- <laughs> and then the guy sinks in a boat or whatever. You know. Um, but I specifically am calling out the Krusty the Clown version of that. Not my best reference. I'm f- I'm sticking with it because we're just plowing. You see that? You see that fist action? Let me do it in the close-up camera with the other fist. You see that? I'm just plowing right through this episode, baby. I'm I'm taking the fist. I'm just moving it forward regardless of what's in the way. Hopefully, it's not your butt because if it is, that's a fist in your butt right there. Wow. All right. Lost the black viewers right there. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) I really need someone else on the episode to, like, rein me in because if nobody does... It was just me and this Ethiopian pillow right here. I was going to switch it out to the Greek pillow uh, because there is a Greek. Nigga, I feel like I I have to update for all the new people that are like, oh, the Black Zeus podcast. This might be your first time. This might be your second time. First of all, welcome. You know what I mean? Uh, Second of all, let me do this once again. Black Zeus is not my real name. Uh <laughs> I am Ethiopian and I was born in Greece. No, my parents are not Greek, none of them. They're all I'm all African baby. My Johnson hangs low baby. I <laughs> God damn it. Um anyways, I was thinking about putting the Greek pillow there, but I thought it would look weird if it was just me a black guy and then a pillow with uh, the Greek flag on it. Even though you guys know you're tuning into Black Zeus, the podcast, and even though the majority, if not all of you know my origin story for my name at this point, um, I'm, I'm African and I was born in Greece. There we go. And maybe next time I'll put the Greek pillow down. It's just I don't want to explain it. You know, it's like, why do you have a Greek flag? You don't look Greek. Uh, buddy, I'm actually more Greek than you. <laughs> and it's not because I like to do anal with girls <laughs> <Ooh>. um <laughs> I really need someone on this show to rein it in I need someone to be like look let's let's move forward I do like saying that shit on stage though because um every once in a while I'll ask because i I have to mention the fact that I'm black Zeus you know what I mean I don't have to, but every once in a while, I like to. And uh, I'll ask the audience if I think there's someone Greek in the audience. I'm going to fucking bring it up sometimes. A lot of the times, there's someone Greek in the audience. And you know what's funny? Is that person usually is not born in Greece. I'm more Greek, bitch. Check it out. I'm more Greek than most Greek people I meet up in this bitch. Look at my Greek eyes, baby. They ain't Greek at all. I'm high as shit. And I'm African. Like I said, like, I don't know. I always found it weird. I do feel Greek. I am Greek, you know? I'm a Greek man. But I'm Ethiopian. I'm an Ethiopian man that was born in Greece. Not a vacation. So I I lay some claim. I really have a lot of catching up to do. Uh, in terms of being a, a black Greek guy and trying to be famous. Because, like, I started comedy 11 years ago. Giannis Antetokounmpo and his brothers did not exist. It was just me, my nigga. So I was, I was going at my own pace. I'm like, you know what? I'm Black Zeus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a famous black Greek guy. Uh, turns out, too late. There's already one of those. And it's not me, baby. I'm doing this podcast in a home studio. Giannis Antetokounmpo and his brothers, I'm pretty sure, are getting head in a penthouse right now. And if they wanted to do a podcast, they just snap their fingers and some poor people would show up and make it happen. Right now, I am the poor people. So I'm, <laughs> I'm making it all happen, motherfucker. I'm not making it all happen. Completely discrediting what what B and Lou have, have done and continue to do. It's it's me and Lou and B and Zabumafu and Hendog too. Shit, man. Nothing is ever on your own. That's what you gotta understand. If you're trying to make it, baby, you need a team, my nigga, because you ain't doing shit on your own. You could be as good as you want to be. You ain't gonna make it all the way on your own. Sorry. And, um... That's a tough lesson for a lot of people, especially artists, you know, because being an artist, depending on like specifically talking about comedy right now, being a comedian is a fucking lone soldier like event. You know what I mean? It's fucking it's you. But eventually you start to realize it's like, okay, well, it's me on the stage, but I'm also dependent on a whole community of people. I'm dependent on bookers and promoters. I'm dependent on venues, uh, dependent on uh, just a lot of stuff to get shit going. And that doesn't even, and that's not even like, that's just the basic structure. That's just the basic foundation. If you want to get to a successful point, look at any really successful individual, As uh, specifically talking artists, specifically let's narrow it even further down to like musician or or comedian entertainer some shit like this none of these niggas popped on their own bro none of these niggas popped on their own look at kevin hart prime example that dude took the hip hop route through comedy and what i mean by that is he has a circle of people that he that know him like infinitely well and that he knows infinitely well because they're who his fucking homies. So he figured out a way to plug his homies into positions in his life that that worked. So like one person will be video, one person will be photos, or whatever the fuck. And he's got his homies writing jokes for him because they obviously came up with him and they know his writing style and they know his voice on stage and all that shit. You really like... All this stuff, together builds a team. Kevin Hart is the face and the the heart of the team. No pun intended. But without the team, Kevin Hart is not where he is. Not even fucking close. And this nigga will tell you himself. I'm not. I don't know Kevin Hart. I'm not speaking on his behalf. I'm speaking from what I heard this nigga say, and from watching his like watching strategically how he came up. That is specifically a fucking uh, a hip hop maneuver right there. Because ain't no rapper came up on their own, my nigga. Every rapper. Why do you think there's always twenty niggas on stage with a rapper? That's his whole. That's the whole reason he made it to the stage or she made it to the stage. And, uh, you know, shit's fun. I uh, I did a bunch of shows this weekend. Um, not as many as I've been doing. I actually was hoping to get a lot more uh, work done. Like uh, personal work. I had, uh, ta- it's tax season. All that shit. I got to get all my shit done. And I did not do it, baby. I did not do it. I was tired as fuck. What do you want? Uh WrestleMania was happening this weekend. That's right. I said WrestleMania. And I I'm, I'm not a nigga that gives a fuck about WWE baby. I don't. Although I did grow up watching it, I have a profound love for the Attitude Era. I have a profound love for like the superstars and and wrestlers and and that time frame up until like Kane took his mask off. When Kane takes his mask off, I mean, he still had me for a little bit because WWE was the only uh, game in town. But now, baby, it's all about AEW, motherfucker. If you're actually – and I'm not – don't worry. I'm not going to go down this wrestling rabbit hole. All I'm going to say is WWE now is what Disney is, and AEW is like – it's like meth. <laughs> no, I, I take that back. Disney – is WWE, okay, or WWE is Disney, okay, and AEW is WWE in the Attitude Era when they had the Rock and Stone Cold and they had the titties and all that shit, um, like all the hardcore matches, all that shit. They're doing that, baby. They're doing it, and WWE is like the kid-friendly shit, but WrestleMania uh, is like a massive event. It's not even like just a wrestling event. It's just a big event in general. Haven't watched it in years. Me and my homie decided this is the year that we're going to jump back in. Holy fuck! Apparently, this is the year that WWE decided to fucking do fun shit again. Again, not going to go into wrestling like that. Don't worry. What I will get into right now, and this is what kind of brought me and my homie around to watching Mania this year. Uh, The Hall of Fame. Again, it's a wrestling Hall of Fame, so however you feel about it is whatever. (laughs) But when I say this name, if you are... um, if you came up during the 90s, if you if you were a product of the 90s, especially if you watched, like, Attitude Era or wrestling back then, uh, the name The Undertaker, and even if you don't watch wrestling, the name The Undertaker should totally fucking ring a bell. This nigga has been relevant for 30 years, okay? 30 years! And as a character that is so... Like, if The, if the Undertaker as a character was started today... Or even like 10 years ago, it would not It would not make it. It would not make it. Uh, for those of you that don't watch wrestling or didn't watch wrestling or don't know who The Undertaker is, essentially, uh, back in the 80s, he, he debuted this character. He's already been in the wrestling business a bunch. Uh, he's had gimmicks that failed. Gimmick is like your character, okay? So he's had gimmicks and characters that have failed already. He moves over to WWE, which was WWF at the time with Vince McMahon. And and back then, wrestling was, like, pure fucking circus. And you may say that it's a circus now, which, yeah, there's still some carny shit involved. But, like, when I say it was a pure circus, like, back in the day, if you were a wrestler, you didn't have, like, a regular gimmick. You had to be... Some extravagant, like look at Hulk Hogan, fucking the all-American da, 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 Ultimate Warrior. This dude just do Coke and Macho Man with the Ooh Yeah, and Doink the clown and fucking all the racist ass characters like like uh Kamala and <laughs> like you had to be a clown essentially uh, to be a wrestler, and because back in the day that's what was the norm. You could have a pretty successful career. That doesn't mean that you were guaranteed a successful career, because there's a lot of gimmicks that were just garbage. Just like, it's like here is fucking, here's the poet, and you'd have to come to the ring and la di da, do poems and shit, and then wrestle. <clears throat> that shit just went by the wayside. Now the Undertaker debuts, and this nigga is literally like, you hear the name the Undertaker, and it's literally just that. That's his character. So an undertaker in real life, like the actual job is the dude that works at the cemetery who, like, digs the fucking holes for the graves, okay? This dude embodied that. He came to the ring with, the, with a big black trench coat, all black gear, a fucking massive weird-ass tie, and, he like, this big black hat. And he talked like this. And he moved really slow and shit. And I was like six. I was somewhere around there. And I just shat my pants. Every kid who saw The Undertaker back then. Look up The Undertaker debut on YouTube. And you'll just see like kids in the audience like this. Shook. Shook. They don't know what to do. This guy was scary as fuck. Okay. And then he was like seven feet tall. And he ran that gimmick for a whole decade and then he changed it. Dude is a legend, okay? Undertaker is an absolute legend. Whether or not you like wrestling or not, you definitely like most of you have heard this guy's name. You know what he looks like most likely because he just transcended wrestling. He's one of the like, he became pop culture, you know? And for 30 years, he kept himself relevant. And the industry of wrestling has changed so much. That now is just more based in realism. Like, people are, their characters and their gimmicks are more based on themselves. They're not, like, over the top. Like, fuck it, I'm, I'm a clown or the Undertaker. Like, you're just like, I'm a guy. I'm me. I'm gonna come whoop your ass. It's more like that now. Undertaker never changed. Like, he changed his gimmick up a bit, but he was always the Undertaker. There was one time where he came to the ring with, like, Limp Biscuit music on a motorcycle wearing fucking jeans And he was like the American badass. A lot of people like that gimmick. I'm like hit or miss on it. But whatever. That man retired after 30 years. And that is like. Yo you want to talk about undertaking. That is him burying my childhood. That's it. I have now watched all the goats. Or at least my goats. Growing up. Either die. (laughs) Which is really sad. Or uh, go into the Hall of Fame and retire. And Undertaker was like the last holdout, and and when I say the last holdout, my nigga, like like Shawn Michaels, who's a fucking legend, this dude retired at a normal age. He retired at like forty six. He still could have done lots of matches. Undertaker kept that shit going till he was like old and and not moving as well. But much love and respect to the Undertaker. Uh, he gave an amazing, amazing, amazing Hall of Fame speech where he kind of like Tony Robbins did. Even if you're not like a wrestling fan, it's just a really good motivating life speech and he he just takes you behind behind the curtain so to speak and uh on his career and he's like he's a dude that never breaks character. So for him to do like a whole 30 minute speech where he just lays it out. He's like, this is my mentality in the business. This is what helped me get to this place. And if you want to get to a place, or if you see yourself getting to a high position in life, or you see more for yourself in life, you owe it to yourself to to, to maneuver in life a certain way. And he straight up gave like his three most useful mental uh, tips that helped him and guided him on his path to success. And And it was just awesome to watch, and it was really beautiful. And shout-outs and respect to The Undertaker, Mark Calloway. Uh, Thank you, sir. I appreciate all the entertainment that you gave me and my generation. And fuck, I, I can only imagine how many other generations to come. So enjoy retirement, my man. Drinking a lot of water. I'm drinking a lot of water on this one. That's a lot of water. Why are you drinking so much water, Zeus? Oh, I'm drinking so much water because I took a big old bong rip before this. I took a big old dirty bong rip. I fucking hate bongs. I hate bongs, bro. Me, personally, once you leave high school, throw the fucking bong out, bro. What are you doing? Fine, college. Once you graduate college, I'll give you that because you're still, like, you're you're broke man in it in college. You need to make the weed last. I get it. Packing a bowl makes it last longer. But holy fuck, is it, like, not nice on your throat and your lungs. It's just I don't enjoy bongs anymore. My homie only smokes bongs. I go to roll a joint, and he's like, what the fuck is this? And then he goes to pack a bong. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I just... Ugh. It makes it like it makes me phlegm and shit. His argument is, is that he's always been ripping bongs, though. And for me, I've, I've been a joint person. So it kind of makes sense. If you started with bongs and you're still ripping them, first of all, you're gross. Grow up. Yeah, I just pass some judgment. What do you want? Okay? Um, but maybe don't fucking hit the bong, bro. Like, there's so many other ways to, to smoke now. That are just classier. I like a rig. I like a dab rig. I'll do a dab because I'm a meth head. (laughs) No, I'm not a meth head, but I do like dabbing a lot. It's just concentrated weed. So you can do one dab and feel the effects of a whole joint. And then you're just like this on the couch. Just zonked. Also, you have a harder time explaining dabbing to your parents and and making yourself not look like a crackhead cuz in order to dab you need like expensive glass rigs you need a torch or some sort of fucking firing fire torch device um, yeah it's just a lot and then when you look at extracts when you actually look at weed concentrates it straight up looks a little cracky like i'm like what are you doing you this looks like butter but then you take it and then you put it on this hot surface and then you inhale the vapors That's a little fucking cracky. That's a, (laughs) anyways, that's, 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 that's Black Zeus's bong moment. I know a lot of you rip bongs and yes, I do just talk down on bongs, but by all means, don't let me dictate how you live your life. If you want to bong it up, bong it up. Just know that you're gross. (laughs) <laughs> I'm joking you might, you might be gross but not for the bong thing but maybe for the bong thing clean your fucking bongs also that's the thing at least my homie cleans his bong up so that is fine if you are ripping a bong and it looks like the bottom of a caveman's foot it's black and fucking looks like there's mold and shit grow up bro grow up ah i didn't do that many shows man so there's not that much to recap and this is the recap podcast for me like that's the main reason i fucking do this thing you guys have heard me say that enough times but um but i do okay so where do where do i even start with this it's showcase season okay um showcase season for a comedian means the big festivals are doing their showcases let me fill you in um, right now, the main festival, which is actually the biggest comedy festival in the world, just for laughs. Oh, uh, you may have heard of it <laughs> just for laughs in Montreal. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so they are doing their showcases right now. Uh, big deal to be showcasing for just for laughs. Cause it's a big deal to get an opportunity to be put on the biggest comedy festival in the world. Okay. takes a while to get your showcase uh, opportunities and, uh, there's only been a handful of people that ever made it to the festival off of one showcase. Ha- small handful, small handful of people. Um, it usually takes like two, three, four, you know, takes a while because they want to see progression also. They want to see consistency. They want to see all these things. And they, only ha- and they happen once a year. So you get your shot, then you just fucking, you get right back into the trenches and you hope that you're better next year. Um, so... I had a Just for Last Showcase opportunity right before COVID. You guys have, like, you can go back to season two and hear me talk about this. Uh, Right before the shutdown, I got my first uh, headline uh, show. Sorry. My first headline set at the Nubian Show, which is a legendary, like, 25-year standing comedy show that's monthly at the Toronto Yuck Yucks uh, run by the OG, the godfather of Canadian comedy, uh, Kenny Robinson. So I did my first uh, headline there, and then three weeks after that was supposed to be my second showcase for Just for Laughs. I had done one the year prior, and, like, I didn't just do good. I did so good that I had, like, I had the comics and, and the bookers and the hosts come up to me afterwards and say, you, you're you going to Just for Laughs. And that was my first showcase and thank God I mentally prepared myself for the fact that it doesn't happen off of one typically, you know, because, because I was like third or fourth on the show. And there was like 10 comics on the show. So they gassed me the fuck up. And in my mind, I'm like, I, I'm not going this year. In my mind, I'm not going. Uh, and thank God I did that because I didn't end up making it on. Uh, but come next year, I knew that because I had done so good. There's good chances of me, like, as long as I had progressed, which for me, progress is the name of the game. I'm not just marking progress on an annual basis. I'm marking it on a nightly basis. I fucking, I recap my days. Like, before I go to bed or in the morning, I will reflect and fucking catch up on on what's been happening in my life and find ways to maneuver forward, find ways uh, through hardships, or just take in all the fucking blessings that, that come my way also. You know what I mean? Very big part of life. So I get to the headline show, and then I know that the fucking uh, the showcase number two is coming up in a few weeks. And now we're starting to hear, this is around the time that you're hearing all the COVID grumbles. And then, boom, they shut it down. Everything shuts down for, like, fucking six months, bro. It was wild. And I was, like, two weeks away from my showcase, so I never got to do the showcase. And then the festival just went away for a, a year and a half, two years. Um... So they brought the festival back last summer. Uh, The festival happens every summer. They brought it back last summer, and because everything was shut down, they weren't doing showcases. But what did happen was a bunch of people got emailed um, saying, you are in consideration. I got an email. I was one of those people, thank God. I was one of those people that got an email that said, we, you're on the short list and in high consideration, um, please send along any material or videos or anything that you think will help your case. I sent along some shit, but like I hadn't I wasn't really in the mindset of recording video for whatever reason at that time a lot, and and thankfully, COVID has completely switched that. If anything, I, I have every set that I've performed recorded in audio for the last three, four, five years. But now I don't do audio anymore. Fuck audio in, in the digital age, like in the age where it's all about content and all this shit, everything should be on video. So I've been getting everything on video. But when they asked me to submit stuff, I didn't have that much. I had some, but not that much. That was, that was new and recent, which obviously I want to send them the most new stuff. So I didn't get on. And then, you know, I got discouraged and all that shit, like a lot of comics did during this time. It's like, what's going to happen? What does the scene look like going forward? What does comedy even look like going forward? And and now, you know, with all the restrictions gone, things open back up. Uh, having a few, having over a month of just solid bookings and having a weekend where I've done 10 shows in a weekend and all that shit, feeling great about about going forward. Now it's about... Showcase season again. Uh, by the way, I will promote this. I will be on a showcase at the Corner Comedy Club on April 30th in Toronto. So if you do want to catch a JFL showcase, if you want to experience what that is like, um, I will be on either the 8 o'clock or 10 o'clock show. The, the lineups haven't been posted yet, so I don't, I don't know. But just so you know, if you want to come support or you want to come watch, showcases are when everybody brings their a game. So it shouldn't be a, like, there shouldn't be a dull moment in that show. April 30th, the Corner Comedy Club, downtown Toronto. Uh, either 8 or 10. Uh, check the website. Follow me on Instagram, aka Black Zeus. I, I will obviously be promoting and updating all that shit. Um, so, showcases are coming up. And I, I, I feel fucking amazing about just how much I've progressed. My favorite thing is though, is that like I feel this way every year around showcase season. Because again, I mark progress uh daily. So I know that I'm progressing. I know that I'm this much like I I there's there's markers for me mentally and like physically. I can I can show myself I'm like, oh, like your writing has gotten this much better or your ideas have gotten this much better. Your joke structure has gotten this, but I feel so much more complete than I ever have, but I feel this way every year. Now the, the benefit to this is because there weren't showcases for the last two years and they haven't seen like new shit from what they saw at my last physical appearance in showcase form to now. Holy fuck. I can't, I can't wait I can't wait. And you know, like, God is good, man. I'm going to knock on wood, but I don't feel like I I, I need to, you know. Um, because anything could happen. I'm very honest with myself. I'm very honest about how comedy goes. Your next bomb is around the corner, and you just got to humble yourself to that fact. You never know. I don't anticipate that that I will bomb, and I have a lot of practice sets coming up between now and the 30th, so... I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about being prepared. That's all I've been praying for is just the opportunities because I will fucking succeed and uh, surpass those opportunities given them. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, like, I'm just very excited. And even though I didn't get that many shows in this past weekend, um, I spent a lot of the time thinking and and plotting and, and working or reshifting focus towards that. Now it's like, I got a bunch of other shit in the works, but I'm diverting a lot of attention towards Just For Last right now. And uh, I will definitely be chronicling all that stuff on the podcast as normal. So I hope you guys tune in every Wednesday uh, right here on YouTube, on Spotify, on iTunes, because um, I will be here to let you know how it goes. And uh, I appreciate y'all. I think I'm going to fucking I think I'm gonna wrap it there. I have some stuff that I want to talk about. That happened at one of these shows um it's not even really comedy related and i want someone in the studio to talk about it with hopefully birdo hopefully i can get birdo back in the studio but as of right now ladies and gentlemen this has been black zeus the podcast season three episode 15. i am black zeus aka black zeus on all social media uh please hit that subscribe like comment share on any of your favorite clips, on any of your favorite jokes, on any, anything of mine that you enjoy and appreciate, please let me know. And please share it, because it, it goes a long way. Uh, but right now, it is time. Hey, it's Hendog. Hey, it's Hendog. Hey, it's Hendog. Last week, we did, the, um, we did the Scott Hall theme. This week, do I make an Undertaker theme? That's too much Wrestling. Undertaker I've collected souls I've taken so many Souls I've taken your Soul and their soul I am the un- Undertaker uh, Just for laughs Just for laughs Ha 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 Also let me just say some weird Shit that I know Henny would just love for me To say so that he can use Like a woozle wazzle And a dingy dingy you know what? <laughs> what about go boo boo? boo? Yeah langa. Is that enough for you, Henny? Am I fucking dumb enough for you, bro? Am I dumb enough for you? Is my not dim- am I dumbing it down? My not dimming it doop deep dop. Dale dim it dome, owner of the dims, dil, dim And bongs suck. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Black the Podcast, Season 3, Episode 15. I love you. I appreciate you. I will be back next Wednesday right here on your platform of choice. Peace, peace, peace. Hey, it's Ender. End end I've collected souls. Just for laughs. Just for laughs. Like a woozle wuzzle, In my it down, dumbing it down. You know? it my dimming it down. What about go boo, boo Boo? And a Dingy Dingy. yalanga Is that enough for you, Henny? Am I dumb enough for you, bro? And Bong Suck. Black the Podcast, Season 3, Episode 15. Peace, peace, peace.